0: I think we're at a big advantage as millennials because there is so much like non face to face communication. And like you were saying, like some people just don't know how to walk up to people and have a conversation. But the big thing that we have right now, social media is becoming like a professional thing. So it's okay right now in this day and age to DM someone a professional concern that's that's actually really normal now so i think that um people that are at that place where they don't know how to ask one they should be researching the person don't just follow somebody because you think i mean ask for them to be your mentor because you think like the way they look or you like their lifestyle actually kind of research where they where they've been where they're going you know what are they doing in the field and then also reach out to them if, if dming Is is a good way for you to communicate. DM them, email them if you're not a face to face person and say, Hey, I want to get to know a little bit more about you and see if you would be interested in mentoring me. That would be a good time for you to get the information for us before you just go out and say, I want you to mentor me. Tell them, I want to get to know you better so that we can build that relationship and then maybe something.
1: We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. We are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University, and class is in session.
2: Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carl Moore, Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Chain. Paul, say what's up to the people.
1: What up, what up, what up? It's good to be here.
2: Yes, sir. So you guys know we love to bring you special guests that give you value. Today is, of course, no exception. With that being said, I'm actually excited because I don't know if we... As a matter of fact, we haven't. We have not had anyone that is in this specialty before. So we're in for a treat for sure. Looking forward to... Being able to pick your brain and you know provide some value to our listeners. Without further ado, though, I do want to go ahead and introduce the healthcare entrepreneur that we have today, who is a geriatric nurse practitioner. We have the wonderful Brianna Leon. Miss Leon, how you doing? Thank you so much for joining us.
0: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So we like to be respectful of your time. With that being said, let's dive right into it. Right off the bat, tell us. Why nursing and why did you choose to not only say, "Okay, I'm just going to be a RN, I want to go on to be a nurse practitioner? Kind of talk to us about that a little bit.
0: So just a little background about me. I am actually from Tuskegee, Alabama. Um, I grew up with my great grandmother. So she worked as a certified nursing assistant um, for much of her career. Um, Got that passion for just loving on people, caring for people. Um, Most of my friends probably spent their weekends kind of playing and having fun with the kids. I spent my weekends in nursing homes with my grandmother visiting her friends, um, her sisters, her brothers that were in the nursing home. So always kind of been exposed to that environment and I kind of love what I do. Um, And that's why I chose geriatrics, of course. Um, I got into nursing because of that drive, and what pushed me is my desire to kind of go above and beyond wherever I am. So being a nurse practitioner was kind of just like a level up, um, so that I can provide more care and be more uh, of a change agent in the field.
1: Okay, um, so let's kind of jump into it because you did say it's a level up, um, with geriatric nurse practicing. I hope that's the right <laughs> English. If not. Oh, it's your boy. I didn't do English undergrad. Um I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Mom. (laughs) Okay. Uh I can speak English. But let's go back into it. What was the process like, you know, to become a geriatric nurse practitioner? What um did it entail? What processes specifically stood out to you that you'd say, hey, these were highlight moments that are necessary on the journey.
0: Okay. Well, the first thing I want to point out is not a requirement, but I just think it's necessary. Um, I started um, my career in nursing as a certified nursing assistant. Um, that's when you have you're a, kind of like assistant to the nurse, so you do like the bathing of the patients, um, help with feedings, transfers, all that type of stuff. I started my like career with that. Um, I feel like that was the biggest highlight I could have done because it gives you that exposure to what healthcare looks like. Um, and that's a program that usually takes anywhere from four to like 12 weeks. I did that right after high school. Um, there was a summer program and I took it and I was able to get my CNA, which is a certified nursing assistant certificate. And in doing that, I applied for nursing school um right after high school. Um, nursing, I got my four year degree, so my bachelor's in nursing. Um, and then after that, I did not take any time off. I went right into my masters um of nursing. So kind of like I guess you would say for seven years total, so four years undergrad, and then two to three years um, graduate to become a nurse practitioner, so it was kind of like a straight shot for me, and that's the process. Some people do take time off in between. Um, I was just kind of a go-getter, and I wanted to get it done, so that's the way that I did it, but just that process from being a CNA. I was a nurse while I was in grad school, and then I became a nurse practitioner right after, so I kind of took the the scenic route, as some people would call it, because I kind of did every role under my role to get where I am now.
1: You described that you did it just straight through, right? I know my mom, um, she kind of did the same thing when she did um, anesthesia, so she's a CRNA. Okay. And she kind of went through, like did her bachelor's in nursing, then went straight through, did the master's and all that. Just as a general breakdown, now I know it from my side because I was able to see her kind of go through it, but mentally- what do you say, like, would be required of somebody going through that? Because I don't want us to just kind of go through it and just be like, yo, anybody can just do it. It's super easy, right? I remember seeing my mom do, like, her stuff, and I'm just like, "Bro, <laughs> Yeah.
0: And I yo. also, yeah, while we're right here, I actually got pregnant my 11th grade year of high school so what might have pushed me harder was because I had somebody else to provide for so no it was not easy at all especially with a child um I think I was more driven to get to the end because I had someone you know depending on me to get there um and that that really pushed me it is very hard I think that there's no wrong or right way to do it um, I think you should do what comes to you naturally. There are some nurses that have a lot of experience in nursing before they go to grad school. And they they, they think that that's the reason that they're so successful in grad school because they have that experience. Some people tell you, oh, you should at least get one year of experience before you go to grad school. Um, that's not how I saw it. And like I said, I was able to work as a nurse while I was in grad school. So I was constantly building on that knowledge, you know, during that two to three year time when I was getting my master. So I I didn't feel the need to stop. And I also had something pushing me not to stop. Um, but no, it is not easy at all. I will honestly say my undergraduate degree was actually much harder than grad school. Um, anybody that went to nursing school will tell you it is it's treacherous um, compared to other majors that I kind of know, you know, my friends had, uh, cause you're doing your classes and clinical. And then when you get to grad school, you're doing your classes, clinical and trying to work too. So it's it's never easy.
2: Okay. So Brie, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned earlier the, the concept of you wanted to level up and essentially that's what you've continued to do. And I kind of want to, dive into this this next segment here with asking you. So you went on, you said, okay, I'm going to become a nurse practitioner. And then you specialized in being a geriatric nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. Now, aside from that, there's a lot of other things that you do as well. And I know Bree, the GNP, is your brand. So I want to ask you, what was it that gave you the inspiration to kind of bridge off from saying I'm just gonna be a geriatric nurse practitioner to now I think I wanna be a nurse practitioner slash healthcare entrepreneur.
0: I was always kind of taught, just just my upbringing, whatever you do, you're supposed to be the best at it, right? You're supposed to go above and beyond, like go to the end uh, with whatever whatever you do. Um, What I saw in myself was I'm a great nurse practitioner. I don't like to my own horn, but I'm very involved in the care that I provide to my patients. Um but I also kind of see a need to influence others. Um, And that's what kind of brought me to branding myself. Um, I think it's so important for us in nursing, especially to kind of reach back and give back and kind of to get there too. So a part of my brand is like public speaking. I do mentoring. um, And then I have like, just some side ventures that I'm working on as well um, just to kind of inspire those that are coming after me. And like you asked me before, you know, you don't want to like make people feel like oh this is just natural. You can just do it. I want people to know the str- the struggle of it all. I want to be able to inspire other people, even though it's hard. We gotta push through. Nursing needs you. Uh, nursing needs us. Nursing needs people who are willing to go above and beyond in the field um, to be great. And I think that's what kind of inspired me to kind of branch off on my own and 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 do what I do now. I work as an independent contractor now for a business but I'm my own boss I manage my own patients um I can I drive my income so it's a it's a great place to be um uh, when and I feel like I'm in charge I'm I'm able to do what I need to do for my patients and for myself by by kind of going above and beyond you know to do that
1: first of all I just gotta say I and I am trying to be funny but this is what it is when you said uh the portion about you know nursing school even being tough I took one class, right? I took a chem class that apparently is a prereq for nursing school, right? I didn't know before I signed up. I get in there and like, the teacher's like, all right, y'all, anything under like a 94 is a B," And I was just like, hold up, <laughs> what you talking about? I, that's not what I signed up for. So shout out to all the nurses. Um, I kind of want to transition a little bit into kind of the growing of the brand and then even how you even got to have some of the partnerships that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that I think as we continue to kind of progress, especially in this day and age by that, I mean, I remember when I was like 15, 14, 13, and my parents used to be like, yo, get off social media, like stop spending all day on Facebook, stop doing all this. Right. And then I just had the epiphany the other day, actually. And I was like, holy crap. Like I'm now sitting on social media working, right. doing Mm -hmm. Things, but like, it's become this real estate, um, that. I think is actually unexplored. I think the only people who have pretty much have figured this out are the people that are really, really big, you know, or like giant companies who just mine data all day, every day. So when it comes to growing the brand and it comes to being able to expand, you know, what you're doing, um, what what was the process like for you to actually get that recognition, to get that awareness so that people, you're able to have your own caseload, you're able to have your own pay yourself you're able to kind of go on the branch of like you're not relying on a hospital anymore to cut those checks for you you know stuff maybe they told you in nursing school I don't know I've never been but what was that process like for you with growing the brand and be able to put yourself in the specific position that you are online
0: um I think I was kind of and I and I'll say it's it's two different kind of roles um with with the healthcare part of what I do, like my day-to-day, like caring for patients, um, I always saw a need to have like a balance between like your peace and then making money. You can't always, like, we we get so like caught up in like making money all the time, but what was important to me is my peace and my balance. Um, so what better way to do that than to kind of manage yourself? I think I was in a good position because I did choose geriatrics. Geriatrics is a field where there are a lot of in the nurse practitioner kind of setting facilities don't have their own nurse practitioners. Usually, um, except like Pruitt, which is like a big one, but usually, um, these people are contracted out. And I, I learned that in clinical, um, in, while I was getting my degree and I found that so like interesting that the nurse practitioner, I shadowed, she came in, she saw the patient she needed to see, but she, she doesn't work for those companies. She's not bound to, you know, that facility, She's an outside source that provides the service. What I love so much about that is you're able to advocate in such a big way because you're not, you're not their employee. You're there to help them meet, you know, the the guidelines put up by Medicare and stuff like that. And I love that about that role that you're able to, Come in, do what you need to do and really advocate. I think sometimes when you work for corporations and like companies, you kind of get boggled down by like their rules and the way they do things. And I'm I think I'm in a very good space because I'm able to do more for my patients because I'm in that role. I saw that in clinical and I definitely knew right then, hey, I want to work in a nursing home. That's where I want to be. I want to work, I wanna be here. Cause in hospitals, you aren't really able to do that. You're 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 there, you're their employee. Um so that was big for me. Um on the social media side. Like you said, I really didn't see a big need for social media when I was growing up, you know, same thing. Uh, And, and, I think one of my friends is, uh, she kind of inspired me, I would say, because she is a social media influencer herself. Um, So just what she brought up to me was, hey, there's a lot of nurses that are doing social media influencing, but I don't know of any geriatric ones. I don't know of anybody talking about geriatrics and, you know, bringing awareness to this field. And you have a, a kind of untapped market there, and you should probably kind of you know, look at that. And I, and I kind of was slow to do it because I'm like, I don't, I'm not big on like posting stuff. I'm not like that. But I kind of made the decision to do so because I did see what she saw. There's nobody else that I know kind of really talking about geriatrics and influencing in that way. And I was always told when I was in nursing school, why geriatrics? Why do you want to do that? And what I've come to find with my influences is there are a lot of people that want to do geriatrics. But in nursing school, you aren't exposed to the geriatric population as much. We get rotations in uh, PEDS, OB, a medical surgical unit, ER. We went to the nursing home, I want to say, for a week. And that was it. That was all of our geriatric training. And then when you take each class, there's that little chapter in the back about geriatrics. And that's it. I was actually discouraged um, to go into geriatrics. But with my influence, I found that there are a lot of people that want to do it. They just don't know much about it. And I've gotten comments like, oh, you kind of inspired me to look into geriatrics. Um, Some programs don't even offer that one week rotation. So I'm glad I was able to do that. I'm glad I tapped into that market. And I'm hoping to do more and bring more awareness to this population because we all have to get old that, I mean, if God willing, we're all going to get old. So I think that it's so important that we have providers and we have people out there that are passionate about this field, just like people are passionate about the little babies. I know people love babies, but I love my elderly and that's just me. And I want other people to feel that way too.
2: So... Bri, I kind of wanna wanna backtrack a little bit. You know, once we kind of discussed briefly the you know the things that you you do under your brand and and, and as an entrepreneur, and I kind of want to ask a question because you know we love to be able to educate you know our our audience and be able to get them to think differently about certain things. And one of the things you said that you do that I want to kind of target on that a little bit is the uh, helping with the creation of the resume and, and, and revising that. And I wanna ask you, what would you say in your experience, you know, working with clients have been the top three things that people tend to overlook with their resume?
0: Well, just as a package was was like big for me. And I tell a lot of the people I kind of mentor, cover letters, people underestimate cover letters. And I say that and I give this story every time. Someone told me they were hiring... And someone told me that they kind of look at applications first that have those cover letters. It's important. Like, and it it shows that you go the extra mile. A lot of people, when they do an application, they turn in their resume and that's it. So that would be my definitely number one. If you have the time, go ahead and create a cover letter. Um, Number two that I've seen a lot of is kind of like the generic resume thing where people have the same resume that they use to apply to all the jobs that they apply to, right? And for me, what I think is so important to do, and it, it might be time consuming, but it's worth it because it might make you stand out. Um, is to individualize your resume. Um, as we know, technology is like a big thing now. Companies actually use these systems to scan these resumes for keywords. And the keywords that they're looking for are usually the keywords that they put in the job description or job requirements. I always tell people, hey, go look at that job description and try to, even if it's a couple lines. If it's something you've already done and something, you know, you can add, go ahead and add that in. And, you know, you can summarize it and make it, you know, of course, don't copy and paste the exact statement. But you need to put those keywords into your own resume. Um, It's very important. And the third point, people underestimate their skills and they don't kind of elaborate on the skills they um, have done and goals that they have met at jobs. Um, That's really important. I know, like for me. You know, while I'm working, I'm constantly updating my resume, but just for my for my role, I decrease um, psychotropic numbers at my facility. So those are measures and numbers that I can add into, you know, what I do. A lot of times we get so we're, we're too humble when it comes to our resumes and we we don't sell ourselves. And that's that's a big thing, I would say, especially I work with mostly women. And I think sometimes as women, we, we forget how powerful we are in roles and we don't include that information in our resumes. And it can also be a way that we don't sell ourselves enough or make our, you know, talk yourself up, big yourself up. Because if you've done those things, it's very important to the company and it could get you the job.
1: That's facts. Honestly, that's facts. Um, simply because I think Carl actually posted it uh, the other day, or if not, it might've been Blake. But they were talking about, I think one of the things people tend to do specifically is they don't realize that they have to be able to sell themselves to a company um to convince them to make that investment in you um Mm -hmm. because and shout out to the listeners but let's be honest like when a company is looking to hire people i promise you you might be a great person i promise you you could have the greatest intentions but unless you're able to convey to them why you deserve to get that opportunity why you deserve to get hired why they should you know enter you into the bottom line and start paying you as well. Um, It ain't going to happen. So you got to, you know, brag a little bit, not even brag, but you know, just make your strengths be known. And I think a lot of people don't, don't know how. So my question is what should people think about? Because I promise you one of the number one reasons I'm an entrepreneur is because I just don't like writing resumes because I suck at them. Right. (laughs) So I just decided I should pay me. Cause, cause (laughs) right. But, uh, for the people that are a little more, you know, enjoy writing resumes, what are some things, you know, outside of those three must haves, what should the thought process be like? Because I know like, just like you said, if I'm writing a resume, I promise you I'm going back to that little template I had from 2012 (laughs) and I'm like, all right, let me just, you know, put in a little bit, I have a podcast, I have a business and I'll send that out. But what, what do people, what their, what should their mindset be like as they're kind of going through to ensure That they put in their all and their best effort to you know get that job and you know get that opportunity
0: um the i'll say it's two parts on the resume where i think this is gonna like stand out one is your like objective statement um and that's usually kind of where you start and you get that little paragraph or a couple sentences at the top where you're just kind of saying who you are I'm a devoted, and that's your time to use some adjectives to describe yourself as many adjectives as you can think of if you're if you're known as like the 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 dedicated person, the organized person that whatever those adjectives look like, you want to put them in that objective statement and kind of it's a objective statement or professional summary where you're telling who you are and what you have to offer that's that one place, and some people don't even have that on their resume, which is that that's not the way I talk I was taught I was taught to always include that because it gives kind of like a preview of what's to come down in that resume or or who you are it's the one part where it's not really technical it's more about saying who you are as a person um and what you have to offer either the company or the field that's that time um other one is like I said with the job descriptors a lot of people are just listing the things that they did I uh I provided I, uh, worked on the team. I did this when you're doing your like role and your descriptors of, um, what you, the previous roles you had, that is a good time again, to talk about things that you've accomplished. How did you change the role you were in? How did you change the company? You know, I implemented a uh, intervention on my floor where, you know, to reduce patient falls, even little things that we don't think about. Um, I, I, you know, work with my manager to come up with a better scheduling system for the CNAs on my unit, whatever it is. A lot of times we, uh, we don't even think about like the things that we've done to make other companies better. You know, because just like you're saying, you know, we're trying to go in there and sell ourselves to the companies. You know, we want to show them that we're worth it. You know, I'm selling myself, but you, you're you going to know that you're getting something, too. Like, I'm just not getting a career. You're getting a good employee. So, again, just that objective statement or professional summary describing who you are as a person and what you have to offer. And, two, being very, like, goal-directed in your skills, not just listing out what you did day to day. Yeah, it's okay to include some of that if it's like skill based, because in nursing, we want to point out that we have those skills. But you want to be very like, show the goals that you've like met, show the things that you've changed. If if you have numbers, include numbers. Um, You know, if you have a percentage or something to say, oh, when I got to this building, they had this percentage of patients on the medication, I got them down to this. You know, those, those things are important to show that you've done something, not just you did the job that was assigned to you. You went above and beyond and met a goal and changed the direction of things in the, within that company.
2: I love that. I think that's, very, that's a very fitting transition into my next question, because obviously, as we can tell you, you must do a lot of coaching and a lot of mentoring. And uh, I know that you do do some one-on-one mentoring. So I kind of want to highlight that. So talk to us about what that looks like. You know, for any nurses that that may be listening, you know, and and they are really enjoying what you're saying and and they're interested in finding out some more about what they can expect from coaching with you or or a one-on-one mentoring session, just kind of pitch us on on what that would look like to be able to work with you one-on-one.
0: My big thing working one-on-one with people is I like to upfront kind of know their goals and, you know, what, what are they trying to get? Because there's a lot of things you can get, you know, from me as a person, not, you know, to my own horn. But there's a lot of things that you can get from me. I can I can help you get a job. I can you know help you transition if you're trying to go back to school um also a lot of people kind of just need support, so there are a lot of things that I can offer. I like to know you know people's goals up front and what they're wishing to attain. I think what's so needed in nursing mentoring more so than anything else is kind of just helping people because it's so hard because it's different than any other like profession um it I think it's it's just important that I'm there to be a a support system for the people I'm mentoring and helping them just kind of see that what they're going through every everybody's going through it and this is how you deal with it this is how you know we're able to to function because like you said a lot of times people look look at it you know and they're like oh you just did it that like that and that was that easy but I am more of a like support to say hey girl that's normal you're supposed to be stressed You should be stressed right now. That's a lot, right? That's the reality of it. But let me show you some ways that we can get through it. And it might not be the way that I necessarily do it, but I want to get to know you so we can figure out what way works for you Um, With the mentees I have now, of course, I provide them support in anything they ask me to do. So whether it be, you know, resume revisions or writing recommendation letters for them. Um, And sometimes my mentees will reach out to me like, hey, I just need to vent about this test I took. Or I felt like the teacher was wrong when they did this. You tell me what you think. And sometimes they just need that support. So I try to be whatever that person needs me to be for them in that moment, because this is a very, like, difficult career path to go down. I think a lot of people don't realize how hard it is to care for other people all the time it can be very draining um and the the path to getting here is is harder than actually doing the job so again just being what what they need me to be being supportive uh providing any help that i can i can give them um even if it looks like letting one of my mentees is supposed to shadow me because she's not sure what specialty she wants to go into so she wants to try a psych app out which is what i do um so if it's shadowing whatever that looks like for you i'm just there to be a support system
1: so um, I think, like, overall, when it comes to, with the mentoring portion, um, one of the big aspects, let me let me give, gather my thoughts here. So one of the aspects I often find um, a lot of people that try to seek out a mentor is that they don't know where to start. I mm. think, um, you know, just as humans, some people struggle with the sheer fact... My girlfriend tells me all the time, she has like social anxiety. So she's not like me who just start conversation with strangers. No,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, recognizing that some people, you know, just don't have the ability to go out there and say, Hey, can you mentor me? Can you teach me? Mm-hmm. What would you say, or what would you suggest to people in that position or people seeking out a mentor to look for in a mentor? Because I think like once people are able to identify the markers in somebody that should be feeding into them, let's talk specifically nursing, right? Those markers to say, OK, that person is going to be solid in teaching me how to be the best version of me as a nurse, through school, through grad school and all that. Right. What markers do they need to be looking for to identify to say, OK, yeah, that's going to be a good spot for me?
0: Um, doing your research on people is big. Um, One thing I, I do know, there are a lot of organizations out there right now, which I think is such a good thing. The One of the mentees I have right now I got her through it 's a company called nurses support nine one one and they 're kind of dedicated to helping with like nursing transition. One thing they do is a precept uh, a mentor mentee match, so they don't just like put you with somebody they kind of look at like what they do a questionnaire on the mentor and they do a questionnaire on the mentee and they kind of do a match kind of like you know when you're dating they're doing like a match.com type thing um I think that's very important um using that that like organizations like that that are willing to match you based off your needs um is is a, a good way to start um I think we're at a big advantage as millennials because there is so much like non face-to-face communication and like you were saying like some people just don't know how to walk up to people and have a conversation but the big thing that we have right now social media is becoming like a professional thing so it's okay right now in this day and age to dm someone a professional concern that's that's actually really normal now so I think that um people that are at that place where they don't know how to ask one they should be researching the person don't just follow somebody because you think I mean ask for them to be your mentor because you think like the way they look or you like their lifestyle actually kind of research where they where they've been where they're going you know what are they doing in the field and then also reach out to them if, if DMing is is a good way for you to communicate DM them email them if you're not a face-to-face person and say hey I want to get to know a little bit more about you and see if you would be interested in mentoring me that would be a good time for you to get the information for us before you just go out and say I want you to mentor me tell them I want to get to know you better so that we can build that relationship and then maybe something and if you're not if that's not the way you want to do it look for other companies that are willing to match you um and like i said nurses support Nine One One is one of the ones i'm aware of and that's a good place to start
2: man this was this was super informative like seriously we really we really appreciate you coming on definitely got some very very valuable tips in terms of you know, being able to create a resume among some other things. So, you know, Bree, we, we really appreciate you. We know how busy you are. So um thank you, you know, for making the time to to hop on and, and drop some gems on us and our listeners.
0: Oh no problem. And thank you for having me. I truly I truly enjoy kind of talking and you know getting myself out there so I, I can connect with other people and I hope this was a means for if somebody's looking for a mentor. Um, In me, you know, I'm available and they can follow me and reach out to me as well.
2: Perfect. So with that being said, for anyone who is listening and they're like, yeah, I do want to follow you and I do want to reach out to you. uh, What would be the uh, contact information or social media information that you want to leave?
0: So my Instagram handle is, uh, at breathe the GMP and everything else is breathe the GMP as well. My website is breathe the GMP.com. My email is breathe the GMP at gmail.com. So everything is pretty easy. It's breathe the GMP and you can reach out to me. You can schedule a mentoring session. Um, you can reach out to me and DM and ask me questions about myself and I'm open to answer those. Um, so any form of any of those three forms of communication works.
1: You know, another form of communication to our listeners is that time of the podcast. Y'all look, I don't know how many times I got to say this to y'all text us, text us, text us, text us. All right. The number is three, two, one, three, eight, four, six, two, seven, five. Y'all um, look, I'm not going to talk about the shirts. I have the black one, Carl, the black one. Y'all know what the deal with the shirts are. Um, what I want to talk about, you know, is just the value we bring to you in our community um, the value we bring, um, just out of you, you get, you know, exclusive access, drop to other gear. More importantly, we want to be able to bring to you things that we don't bring to the podcast that are able to help you grow as a healthcare entrepreneur. They're able to help you get to that next level, be a personal development, be it an industry where you don't know that much about. Listen, we want to be the connect for you. So text us three, two, one, three, eight, four, six, two, seven, five, and we'll make it happen.
2: Yes, sir. Appreciate that Paul. So to our lovely listeners. Guys, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for rocking with us. If you got some value from this episode, man, go ahead, bring up. Tell her. Tell her how much you enjoyed listening to this episode. Also, if this is your first time tuning in, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. You can find us on IG at OTC University. Make sure you go on to Apple and leave a five-star review. We love getting reviews. We love hearing from you guys. With all that being said, until next time, peace. Many blessings.
0: Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.